Welcome back. Week seven. We've been on a bit of a hiatus. Uh, we've not been as motivated, mostly me, have not been as motivated to get our, seg- our schedules synced. But we're back. We're talking. Um, the real reason why we didn't podcast the last few weeks is that we were waiting until Mason got a win. We thought we weren't going to have one the rest of the season, but he actually snuck one out last week, so here we are. Nick, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, you know, this is, I, I like, so in a year where COVID and injuries have ravaged fantasy, I feel like I have been hit, um, as bad as anyone and I'm wallowing in my, in my misery. And I think part of it is that you and Colin are one and two. So it really has just given me more opportunity to just check out for the whole year. Yeah. I really last yesterday or whatever it was Thursday, I did something that I would never normally do. I didn't realize Devontae Freeman was in my lineup, didn't check, and he started and got me one point. And that just it encapsulates how little I care at this point. It's it's really remarkable. Yeah, 2020's been uh, not a great year for, for fantasy. The, the injuries have been, I think, probably the worst I can remember ha- ever having in, in, in a season like this. So many top guys are down. Saquon, McCaffrey, Michael Thomas has not played since week one. Those are just the big names. There's a lot of second-tier names. Godwin's been hurt. Devontae Adams has been hurt. Dalvin Cook is beat up. Miles Sanders is hurt. Like the, the list goes on and on and on, and that would be bad enough. But you throw all the COVID stuff, and it seems a little bit calmer this week. But the last few weeks, it's you know, it, these random teams were popping up with positive tests and then we wouldn't know until a day or two later that they were false positives games being moved to tuesdays and having to make lineup decisions if you're going to trust a guy who's going to play tuesday when you have no idea if they're actually going to play the game like it's just been very uh emblematic of what the year 2020 has actually been i think in yeah in i don't know why we sports. thought we did good fantasy football in a year that's given us nothing good at all <laughs> Yeah, well, speaking about Colin, though, so one thing I have found interesting, so just to kind of recap where we are, we're going into week seven. We're about, you know, this is the halfway, the tipping point of the regular season. And the one thing I've been thinking about that I find interesting is that every team has had at least one bad week. I've had a bad week. Colin dumped and scored 88 points last week. That's something he normally reserves for the first round of the playoffs. Maybe he's just getting it out of the system early this year. Leslie Ann's had some bad weeks after a hot start. Like every single team has had at least one bad week. And we've had a different high score prize winner all six weeks. So I think, you know, there's definitely, as you would put it, I think we're definitely kind of a have and have nots league this year. There are some teams that are definitely closer to the bottom and some teams that are definitely closer to the top. But I don't think anyone can can say that there's one team that is you know that this is the best team right now in the league um i I think that they're they're, we're we're very much in groups yeah i get what you're saying i really feel like you and colin are kind of at the top right now i think trey could be there um toward the end of the season he has a lot of promise but he's just had a couple really weird fluky weeks yeah i know colin had that one bad week but other than that colin has been pretty much coasting at this point i mean you've had just you know Good thing after yeah. good thing happened to you. I, I just feel like you and Colin right now are just kind of riding. You've avoided most of the pitfalls of the season, right? And I'm I'm not going to debate that. I think that we that the two of us are are in that top group. But 
there's going to be another shoe that's going to drop somewhere. It just depends on whether one of us gets one of those big season-ending injuries that someone like you or Steven, I guess Steven's not season-ending, but McCaffrey being out you know, six or seven weeks definitely qualifies. Um, we'll, I'd be surprised we'll at this happens. point if, if, if neither you or Colin is in the title game. But just to shift for a minute, though, Steven, Steven actually is, could be like sneaky, like dangerous at this point. He's kind of... He's got made some runs. roster moves, yeah. changed some things. He looks good. And Steven, okay, so his team has been so awful. He has the least amount of points in the league by a mile. And he keeps fluking into these wins. And I kind of feel like <laughs> if he has gone through the valley and somehow come out with a 4-2 record, I'm not sure that he can't make the playoffs at this yeah. point. Well, and this season, unless Mason starts rattling off a ton of victories, like a six-win team might be enough to get you in because we're not quite as close three to eight as we have been in years past so Stephen with four wins needs three wins gets him in two wins might get him in and you're getting McCaffrey back maybe starting in week eight like that that's a decent recipe to have someone turn around points wise and you're right having those wins in the valley while McCaffrey's out is so important and we can look up four weeks from now and he can be a two or three seed if McCaffrey comes back and starts just really hitting yeah I, I don't know I just I don't feel like the only two teams I feel like that are probably eliminated is, and I'm not trying to, like, so flagellate here, but I really feel like I'm probably done at this point. And I, I look at Mason, and I think Mason's had some, for all that we've seen on him, he's really had some horrible injury luck, and I just kind of think it's too late. Like, yeah. I, I, I think he's going to be better. I don't think he's going to be quite the train wreck he was to start the season, but when you go 0-5, there's no room for error, and I don't think his team is good enough to run off 7th Street or something like that. Yeah, if you go 0-5, you've got to basically, you can, we don't want a lot of personal ways, pretty much, and I can't get any help from some of the other teams. I think the matchup of the big person is probably going to be Colin and Trey. You know, so I, I agree with you about Colin and I are probably the top credit, but I think Trey's right there. Um, he's, had, he's had a little bit of a cool enough last week. If, been, if you look at Trey's team on paper, he's got stars. He's got a ton of depth. If they even starts doing anything for Kansas City, it's like, if there's anyone built to withstand injuries and COVID, I think Trey's team is one of those teams. I'm hoping my team is as well, but Trey has so much depth that he's accumulated over the course of the season that I'm, this is a match I'm interested in. They both had pretty bad weeks last week, but I think if you were ranking teams still on paper right now, you'd rank them both in the top three. And, yeah, um, and it's, it's, it's a statement game for Trey. I mean, if he yeah. wins this game, all of a sudden, he, he's in that upper echelon with you guys. And for Colin, it's like if Colin loses two weeks in a row, who knows if, you know, injuries start to come and bite him. Like, there, there's, he's not safe anymore. But if he wins this week, it's almost hard to not see him get a bye. Agreed. I think if, if Colin beats Trey this week, he's he's on that path to a top two seed. If he loses, though, you could argue that Trey's got the inside track. Like, to me, the winner of this week probably has an inside track to a bye because both of these teams should be should, – they should win more games than they should lose the rest of the season. One thing I, I want to note on Colin, this is going to be fun because we'll come and visit this in a couple weeks, but – Colin decided to take a roll in the sheets with Antonio Brown. And I cannot wait until Antonio Brown scores a touchdown in his first game with Brady. He gets into Colin's lineup and rolls a big fat donut and then gets released by the Bucks after that. Like, that's a moral walk at this point, right? Like, you took the Antonio Brown ride last year. Like, what was your experience? It was, it was the worst experience. I, I, I'm not sure anyone, if there's anything comparable to my Antonio Brown experience <laughs> last year. And I'll never get over the fact that Trey, or not Trey Scott, Trey to Trey him, but Trey for him for me the week after he blew up and I should have done it. It's just, Unbelievable, but I don't know. I kind of think with 2020 and the champion, Antonio Brown just like turns into old Steelers and Antonio Brown and Colin wins the title. That's what 2020 feels like to me. Yeah. Um, another matchup I think is interesting to watch this week is Leslie and Mittling. They both 
uh, had a hot start. They've encountered some bumps in the road the last couple of weeks. Les Land's team just has been a little bit more inconsistent. Netlang, horrible injury, losing Dak. Like, what's your view on this matchup? Because for me, this seems like kind of a must-win for both of these teams. Yeah. I, I, I think that they're, that they're good teams, but they both stumbled a little bit the last couple of weeks. I know Mittling got a win last week, but he didn't score a ton of points. Like, this is a – whichever team loses this, it's just going to continue that spiral to – they're on the, you know, that edge of if things don't go right, they might miss the playoffs. If things do go right, they can still get back into maybe a, a top-three seed situation. Yeah, this is a must-win, I think, for both of them. I think you're totally right. They're both on the downward trajectory. Both of them have had injuries that have altered their season. I mean, yeah. Dak being gone for Middling is devastating. There's no way to undersell that. I mean, Dak was having a career year. And then yeah. for Leslie Ann, yeah, I mean, Chubb went down. Yeah. We, haven't talk, we haven't really talked much about that. There's been, you know, we talked about the other big names, but Nick Chubb going down for six weeks is huge. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's really tough. And so, you're right. I think they need, both of them need to steady the ship and you know, this is the week to do it. Yeah. Well, and you're right. We really haven't talked about Chubb that much because of, I think, how well the Packers were playing for her. Like, Chubb was really quietly, like, a huge part of her team. And losing him for the six or eight weeks or however long he's going to be on IR, like, that, losing that consistency out of the second running back really makes or breaks it sometimes because now it's like, you know, if you look at last week and the Packers have a bad game, there's not, there's not Chubb in the lineup to take some of that, to bear some of that burden. And, and keep scoring points. No, totally. And C.D. Lamb, too. I mean, he started out hot, and yeah. who knows what you're getting with him the rest of the way with Dalton. I mean, that's another one. Dak's not on her team, but that still affects her. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it week seven. Um, so, all right, to close this week, Nick, uh, I want an honest prediction here. How many wins does Mason end up with at the end of the season? 0-5. Not playing well. Snuck one win last week. What are we looking at? Are we looking at an all-time worst team, or do you think he's going to come back and end up at three, four, five wins? I don't think he's going to be an all-time worst team, actually. But I don't. I think five is way too much. I, I'm really kind of going back and forth between three or four. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, some of it depends on this week. Like with me and Mason, I really look at this. Think this is a loser leaves town match between the two of us. I mean, whoever loses this, it is over. I've already given him a head start with Freeman, um, but it's Mason, so I'm not concerned because someone on his team will throw up a less than five points. Derrick Henry had a huge week last week, so I think the question is, does he do that again? Mike Evans has done nothing this season. He's had a couple touchdown grabs, but nothing else, and he's starting Jarek McKinnon, so this matchup is definitely completely up for grabs. Matt Ryan has been garbage at points. So even with Freeman not doing well Thursday night, I think this this matchup is up for grabs. And you're right; it's uh, whoever loses this is probably on pace to finish tenth. Yep, totally agree. So that's yeah. fun. One other thing I wanted to mention very quickly is um, Brian Coots, man. Like, talk about the wheels coming off. I thought he was a real contender at the beginning of the year, and maybe he still will be, but he has had a tough time the last couple weeks. Yeah. Well, he's playing Steven this week, so if history is going to hold true he's going to score 70 points this week uh well steven needs to i don't know there's got to be some sort of like reset here with steven he can't just have pure good luck for the rest of time getting McCaffrey back in a couple weeks he's got the wins whether he's got the points or not you have to say he's looking pretty good for the playoffs right now but we'll see what happens this week uh nick it's been fun i appreciate you uh hanging out and talking even though i know the last couple of weeks have not gone your way, and uh, we'll get back to it next week. All right. See you then. All right. Thanks.